Ink Studs, and my guest this week, or our guest, um, is Ben Sears. I'm saying our because I'm also joined by Brandon Graham. Hello. Uh, ben was nice enough to come and meet us while he is vacationing in Vancouver. Um, and so it took a little time. I guess it's actually good to meet now because it's still cloudy out. It'll probably clear up in a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, you get that like pre lunch. Yeah, Vancouver morning. It's a nice warm up. I should note that we're um, interviewing Ben in Robin's Robin's office, so it feels like this is a business interview. Yeah, at the round table. It's not very officey though. I have like a windowsill filled with pillows where I may or may not have napped in the past. And there's a there's an ironic cat mug on it too to let us know that it's a serious office though. And I'm drinking a booster juice. And there's Legos on the shelf. There's Legos. That's an activity that we do. Love we do activities. workshops and activities in those workshops. So um, ben, you're on, you're on tour right now, or is it? I am. It's like basically every weekend until like the end of June. I'm just wow. going out of town. Are you returning home in the meantime? Yeah, I'm going home, going to LA Zine Fest next weekend, and then going home. Nice. And I have like a local event there the weekend after that, and then Cake, and then Heroes Con. Wow. And you mentioned you did kind of the same thing last year? Yeah. Are you feeling, uh, is it noticeable, the kind of growth in your work in that short of time? Like as far as people's reaction to it? Um, yeah, I'd say so. Because I mean, I haven't been around very long, so having me like 
physically at a table where you can buy books for me is nice. Because, mm-hmm. like, if you go to a store and see, like, one of my comics, you've never heard of me, you know, you might not pick it up. So the face-to-face interactions definitely help. Oh, certainly. We should make note of what your books are. Uh, the most recent is Volcano Trash from Koyama, as well as, what's the name of that one? Nightmare. Nightmare. There we go. Also from Koyama. Uh, the nice little 70s writing in the mood on there. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Double Plus mm-hmm. Adventures. Uh, you have some stuff on the study group website, as well as uh, a plethora of little mini comics. Was Nightmare originally? You were talking to Oni Press at one point, right? No, that was a different okay. project. So Nightmare is just like started out as a Koyama thing. Okay, that's cool. Did the Oni thing not happen? It is. Okay, it's just over a slower. Um, Time span. Right. It's just interesting because I find your work to be um, putting it out through Koyama is such a like um, it's it's such a move to kind of uh, immediately puts kind of a, a stamp of quality on the stuff, which is cool. I think a lot of people who saw your work previously, um, I don't know, I, I I don't even know where I'm going with this. Just it's just seeing your work through Koyama Press is is like really nice. Because I remember. Um, we talked before when I was putting together Island and you did a, uh, several pages for the really cool. And I remember um, at that point kind of struggling with uh, <laughs> talking to the publisher about how many creators we could fit in the book. Yeah. And there was kind of a attitude about your stuff where it's like, ah, Ben will be fine. He's super. And I assumed that you would go through um, much more mainstream routes. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I come from like the DIY punk background kind mm-hmm. of thing. So like, I don't know. Koyama just seems like kind of like a touch and go records or like sub pop kind of thing where it's just really cool. Yeah, it is. It is definitely cool. The um, handshake contracts. Yeah, exactly. Um, did you have a um, Did you have a kind of a trajectory in mind when you started doing doing work and putting it out there? No, not at all. Well, the first comic I did, the one that was before Night Air, that ran on Study Group, like, was just to see if I could even do a comic. Really? Yeah. So, so I, how, how long have you been making comics for? I did that first one in 2014. So. Nice. Not super long. I mean, I was doing, like, band illustration before that, but not sequential stuff. So when you went to, uh, when you went to art school, or when you, when you got your... It was a design degree, is it? Yeah, it's a graphic design. Okay. Were you planning on, on doing illustration for a living? Well, honestly, I had no idea what I wanted to do. But, like, I went to the local college because I just wanted to stay in town. And graphic design was the closest thing they had to, like, commercial illustration. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of, like, forced that to fit together. Nice. Which didn't work out like super great, but I have a graphic design degree now, so <laughs> I can always fall back on that. That's good. Yeah. I want to talk about um, your kind of, a little bit about what pulled you into comics, because I'm really interested to know that like you really haven't been doing comics that long, um, but you kind of started running. Yeah. Like, your, your stories... Um, there's a lot of movement in it, and it's like they don't feel choppy to me with a lot of folks when they're developing their chops. 
Um, and that, that's one of the things I like about your work. It's just like there's a musicality to it. It keeps going. And so I'm interested of like kind of what you're looking at and what's kind of informing when you're jumping into this. Um, I don't know. I guess it's just kind of like how I thought it should be. Because I didn't know like how comics were even made. Because there's not really a big scene in Louisville. Mm -hmm. um, That's in Kentucky? Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Like I always read a lot of like Calvin and Hobbes and Farside Gallery, stuff like that. So I wasn't really exposed to superhero comics. Mm -hmm. So as far as pacing goes, I don't really know where it comes from. Was the Kira Toyama stuff around at all? Uh, no. Interesting. Because, yeah, I think that was what my brain went to mentioning this stuff with the cartoony characters and the ships and everything. I mean, I always liked Star Wars. <laughs> like, like, boxy spaceships are kind of... <laughs> yeah. So is there not much manga? No. Manga stuff? I mean, we watched, like, Dragon Ball Z as a kid, but not anything beyond that. Right. I've seen a lot of European, to me. We're just projecting everything yeah. onto you. Yeah, I hope no, you're okay with this. No, it's totally fine. It's that's funny the interesting like, thing is like is like trying to guess where you're working from, and then when you mention Gary Larson, it's like I, I see it. Yeah, like but, big like tree trunk mm -hmm. legs and tiny heads. It's yeah. like sad cows moving through the background of a panel or something. Yeah. Well, just like the the cartooning is is very much there. Like, like there's a there's a woman's face here. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's just like you're doing almost like Gary Larson teeth. Uh, yeah. Um, it's funny how people don't really talk about Gary Larson in the conversations about comics, yeah. but it's ever present, just as present as uh, Calvin Tobbs to me. Like I looked at that just as much growing up. Yeah, nobody grew up on Calvin and Hobbes without looking at Gary Larson. Yeah, and I guess that's kind of maybe it's just so. No, maybe it's so that nobody looks at Gary Larson. It's just like. Um, you know, how do you do that? It's just drawn so kind of simply yeah. that it's... It's like calendar comics. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's funny you all say that, because, like, when I started to get into comics a couple of years ago, like, that was my background, and I didn't even really consider, in my head, Calvin and Hobbes and Gary Larson as, like, the kind of comics I could draw. Mm -hmm. It was like, oh, I can't draw, like, whoever's doing Batman, so I'll just never be a comic artist. <laughs> um, and then I started to see, like, a lot of the independent comic stuff, and it's like, oh wait, you actually can draw like this. So did you go, like how did you get connected with stuff and kind of getting on study group? I just emailed Zach Soda, like just some nobody, like hey, do you want to run this on your website? And he was cool and said yes. Nice. Yeah. So that's how Annie got into you? Um, say how that's how Annie got got into your stuff is through no I actually went to SPX in 2014 with like a couple copies of that comic that I had made and just gave them to people I liked and gave a copy to her and just kind of kept in touch after that nice what's your what's your process like do you um, do you uh, well, like kind of what kind of pre-planning do you put into to doing comic so it starts out just like almost like a prose story and then Instead of thumbnailing, I'll like break down the dialogue into panels. Um, Are you doing this typing or in a sketchbook? Type out the story, print it out, or like have it on my phone or something, and then I have like little thumbnail template pages I made, mm -hmm. 
and I'll just do dialogue breakdowns on that, and then all the drawing just happens on the page. Oh, interesting. Is there are there drafts that go into um, the original like typed out document beforehand? Um, not really. I mean, I'll send like the story to Annie to get mm -hmm. it checked over, and she might have like suggestions, but usually it's not anything too crazy. So how how much how long do you think it takes to like to to do a, a whole contained story as far as the the typing it out before you go into the drawing? Um, I don't know. I did night air really fast and like I want to say three or four minutes. Yeah, night air almost feels like um, it almost feels like an incredibly cognizant twenty four hour comic in some ways. Yeah, like, well, like. I'd never done a full-length story like that or a color comic, so I was like just kind of figuring it out as I went. Do you do it in steps where once everything is drawn, you go into coloring, or is it? Yeah. Okay. So like when I was writing Night Air, I feel like I just did it in a weekend or something. Oh wow. Um, but then Volcano Trash was like I would write it. I had like the beginning and the end, and just kind of filled in the middle. Right. But I had a little more time with that one, so I would step away for a couple of days and then go and reread it and add things or take things away. Did it? Uh, were you looking back at Night Air much when? Excuse me, when you were working on the new stuff? Um, not really, because that was already like a year behind me, so I just didn't really think about it that much. I have, I have a thing I do sometimes where I I get caught up in kind of like the themes of a book I'm working on, and I'll, and I'll the longer I work on something, the more I'll return to the earlier versions of it and keep reading it and being like, okay, what did I put in here? And and uh, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but sometimes it almost feels like I'm like getting farther away from my initial idea of what the book was as I go on and kind of almost trying to hold it, on to it. Is that also part continuity? A little bit, but I mean, I imagine when me and Ben are working on comics that are drawn as simply as we do, that continuity is less of, a, of an issue. Yeah, I'd say so. I do mean, you kind of see all your works while the same character just kind of being independent of themselves in a way, or um, like, like is there little dependency on having to read other, right? Um, other double plus books. That's what I like is not having to read a lot of stuff, like yeah. just being able to jump in. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's like references to other things, but. They're pretty standalone. That's why I was really like getting that kind of European vibe from it because it kind of fits in that like yeah, especially like the clear line style you have and the oh, flat yeah, colors. Like a Tintin Adventure or something. Yeah, but you can read it. <laughs> yeah, let's sorry. Tintin's a little wordy for huh? me. You, you're you're the guy that reads Tintin and says not enough alcoholism, not enough racism. <laughs> uh, that dog drinks a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's just, you know, you can't portray a dog without giving it whiskey. People are like, that's not a real dog. Yeah. You're um, never washing my cats again. <laughs> <laughs> Your cats are Mojito's cats. Um, oh, so are you drawing this stuff on paper or digitally? Paper. Okay. Yeah. How big? Like 11 by 14. Okay, I think cool. there's so like an inch on either side. About maybe. twice the size of the printed version of it? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um what about what about things like do you listen to music or anything while you're working? Yeah, pretty much always. Even when writing? Um, yeah. I listen to like different 
like writing is a different playlist than drawing. Anyway, okay. So. What's your writing playlist like? And then like, you're drawing. Um, no judgment. Like old '70s Italian like cop movie songs. Oh, nice. Like uh, I don't know, just like really trashy kind of funk music. Like really punchy and a lot of good horn sections. Yeah. Or like the lower key stuff. Um, I don't know. Mostly Italian now. All right. Sounds like you put out like Lupin the Third comics by listening to nothing but Italian things. Yeah. Exactly. Like I, I have a Spotify playlist of just like all of this weird stuff. I don't know. I can never remember the names of the people right. who made the music, but yeah. Italian soundtrack music is just so out there in the seventies. Yeah. Well, it's like all these guys were doing like dozens of soundtracks for probably no money, and they're all just so good. Huh. Were you listening to like some of the horror stuff when doing Night Air? Um, a little bit. Like I had the. Some of the goblin stuff. Yeah. Um, what about the the drawing music? Is it uh, similar? Yeah, usually more energetic. Um, just so I don't like zone out. Huh. Or not zone out, but get distracted or something. Right. Um, yeah, it's so like a lot of like I'll put the Fugazi discography on or something. Oh, nice. That's fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Do you do you set schedules for yourself? Um, sort of, pretty much like just when I wake up until I go to bed. Hmm. It's like I have to be working on something. Um, so yeah, usually I'd like to draw like between six and ten hours a day oh. when I'm working on a book. How's that? How's that? Um, is it hard to kind of keep the enthusiasm up working that much? Um. Some days, yeah. I wonder how, like, I mean, you're doing, you know, a month of back and forth across North America. I mean, Kentucky's not exactly close to any of the places you're going to. <laughs> like, you basically just kind of have to take a bit of a break, or is it just, like, getting it in where you can on the go? Yeah, just, like, if I have 20 minutes, might as well start drawing. And at the end of the 20 minutes, that's, yeah, just take advantage of everything. Hmm. So you don't need like an elaborate setup. You're pretty well to work wherever you're at. Oh yeah. Do you feel like? Do you feel like? I mean, do you see yourself now that you're kind of people are starting to know your work more and you're getting books out there? Do you feel like you're part of any existing community? Not really. I still feel really like secluded. Right. Which is kind of nice. Have you seen any? Are there any? Are there any books that you feel especially personal about that you like? Um, would like to to kind of have your work feel like um maybe not books but i really like like wallace and gromit and that sean the sheep spin-off oh nice um i can i can see that influencing your stuff too yeah just like really playful and like well done and like i was watching some wallace and gromit thing i think it's one of the newer ones they made and it was almost like Hitchcock movie, mm -hmm. yeah. just like the mystery and like it's kind of a slasher thing. Like there was never any on-screen violence, but like oh, right. it's like a cool little kids cartoon. But you know, I'm an adult and I'm watching it. Like, oh my God, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. It's amazing how much joy that he's able to put in. Oh yeah, to his stuff. Like, well, it's like I would say it's cartooning because I don't know. 
it's they're cartoons. Yeah, they're cartoons. But it's different than like the Pixar and DreamWorks kind of. Right. Well, it feels a lot more personal, isn't it? Right. Well, and just the style of it is like doing more with less. Mm -hmm. Like the express, they only have a couple different expressions, but it says like infinitely more than like someone's eyebrows like raising up and smirking or something. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting to me. I remember seeing a an interview with the. Um, it was the head of Pixar interviewing Miyazaki. Okay. And they were asking Miyazaki, like, how do you, um, like, like, how do you put these movies together? And he was like, you know, I just, I just do all the storyboards myself. And they're like, you do all the storyboards yourself? And they're like, at Pixar, we have, like, teams of guys that workshop this stuff. And Miyazaki can just see him and be like, yep, no, I just do it myself. Cause, and, and as a viewer, I was just like, oh, yeah, that's why his movies are better than yours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's not filtered down through, like, 70 people. Yeah, exactly. Um, Have you done any animation? I've done like some concept stuff, but not anything like crazy. So like Cartoon Network stuff or? Yeah. So like my drawings weren't, they were like translated by some rendering person into like a background prop. Oh. Yeah. Just kind of work for hire stuff? Yeah. How'd you feel about that? It was fun. It was just like a day of like doing pencil drawings. Oh, that's cool. So it was pretty low, low key. Do you have much of an idea and kind of a trajectory you want to see your work going? Have you thought about that at all? I'm starting to now. I'm working on the third big book. Um, I don't know. I mean, is the next book going to be the size of Volcano Trash or bigger? It'll probably be a little smaller. Okay, bigger yeah. than Night Air. But smaller yeah. volcano trash. So I'm pretty happy doing books like this. I'm interested in the role that Night Air played um, in teaching you how to do volcano trash. Because, like. I was just noticed about kind of trash is about twice the size yeah. for the same amount of money, which is like really just in like a flat, like outdoing yourself <laughs> level. It seems like you've really, like, like visually, it's just like, oh. Looks like Ben was trying to like kick the ass of night air. Yeah, well, it's not hard. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, I, Vulcan, or night air was definitely like um, a learning experience, just all around, mm -hmm. and like dialogue and pacing and page layouts, pretty much everything. Um, and between night air and volcano trash, I feel like I finally figured out how to draw. Um, like in a way that like what was in my head was finally getting on the paper and there's a lot of like tweaking I could do but I don't know that definitely it's twice as big because I just learned how to draw faster and yeah. like there's shortcuts I would take and it's just more confidence definitely more confidence mm -hmm. um, coloring is so much more complex yeah like lighting and things like that I mean, I'm still learning, but I feel like I just, I figured out how to do it, and then, because they were drawn, like, in roughly the same time span. It's like, uh -huh. Night Air was a couple months, Volcano Trash was like six months. Tell me about the coloring, and kind of your choice in the, the flat colors, and just the warmth. Um, within it, I've tried 
Like when I was first starting to just like color sketchbook drawings, I would try and do like more rendered colors and I just, my brain doesn't work like that. So mm -hmm. it would always look really bad and overdone. So I realized what I'm bad at doing and just don't do that. I hmm. kind of stick to like how I see things in my head. Are your shadows, um, are you doing like a multiply layer? Yeah. And then just knocking down the opacity? Um, not even knocking down the opacity, just like... Oh, nice. The multiply layer is kind of like a light grayish version of whatever color is underneath it. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to do any opacity stuff. It just kind of lays on top of it like that. I noticed, um, I noticed you do a thing in here that uh, it's not even a question. I just, I, I kind of like that thing that when you put a shadow entirely over someone's face, you still keep their teeth and their eyes white. Oh, yeah. Almost like that cartooning thing of hit, shutting off the lights and those things still glow almost. Yeah. It's like they're almost made out of the same material as word balloons. It's just kind of funny looking. Right. Tell me about the character and kind of how he sticks with you. And the role he plays is your kind of outlook. Hmm. I don't know. He's just kind of like a goofy kid. Um, he's more outgoing and adventurous than I am, but still like afraid of a lot of things and kind of impulsive. Yeah. I don't know. Had you been drawing him in your sketchbooks before starting the comics? I did. I actually started because he was just a guy that I drew in my sketchbook and was like, oh, I could do a comic about this. Um, so I would like draw him like with like different robots and doing different things. Um, and then the stories just kind of formed around that. Do you play a lot of video games? Not really. No. play like Zelda games and a lot of Mario Kart, but not any of the crazy like RPG things. Yeah. Well, was it? I was thinking more, uh, more retro, like Mega Man. Yeah, I was thinking that with the name Plus Man as well. Um, no, not a whole lot of Mega Man. The Plus Man name came about because like, for the first two books, I was able to get away with not naming him, mm -hmm. and I kind of wanted to keep doing that, but Koyama was like, we need to do like PR stuff for this right. <laughs> he needs a name I, I like yeah I like I kind of like not having a name too cause yeah it's funny it was just <laughs> it just occurred to me while I was flipping through these things now I was just like I don't know the name of this guy I don't think yeah. that's important it's like I've read all the stuff Ben's done like it's not, like, like I, I just started watching like the Sergio Leone movies lately and like Clint Eastwood doesn't have a name oh yeah isn't, he, isn't his name specifically the man with no name yeah, yeah. Like, like his birth certificate just says the man with no name. Yeah. Like you're able to get through those pretty well with, with no name for him. So. Yeah. And, and I like the idea of the cartooning being so visual that his face is just kind of who he is. Yeah. Like that's still not even his real name. It's just. Right. Yeah. It's, it's the name you're giving Eddie just to. Yeah. Like, and, <laughs> and then I kind of incorporated that in the story. Like that's just the name he gives everyone. It's right. It's like not his real name. I like that. <clears throat> what about the robot? Is it? Um, oh, yeah, Hank. I don't know. He's just kind of a good foil. Like, really 
careful and meticulous and kind of a wet blanket. <laughs> yeah, the back and forth is really nice. But like he's still, I think he ends up being the guy that like blows most of the things up mm -hmm. that they blow up. Probably <clears throat> not. I like how you're using color and, and things like, like I'm looking at a page now where it's a conversation, but the background colors are constantly changing. Yeah, like I like to do the establishing shots, like you know where they are, and then partially like time-wise, I don't have time to do the background for every panel. Right. But you also don't really need to. Mm -hmm. It's like you know that they're in a room talking. Yeah, it's, I think that's something that Robin touched on earlier. Is this really interesting, um, like how strong your storytelling style is? It's like I feel like if um, I feel like I could guess it was one of your comics if someone else drew it just by how, excuse me, just how um, the storytelling flows. It feels like it's, um, I don't know, part of it reads to me like like um, your work never feels like you're concerned about page count. You're just kind of letting the story go where it needs to go. Yeah. Which is really nice to read. Yeah. I don't know. I, I would hate to have to write for somebody else because like, I have it everything like pretty much where I can move through it as quick as possible. Have like you, all the steps. Have you worked on many stories where you had to constrain your stories into a limited amount of pages? Um, with the little mini comics idea, like the sweeper and young shadow, like try to keep those relatively low. Yeah. Um, just for like printing costs. Does that require any kind of reworking to condense things? Um, sometimes. Um, I don't know. I, I know what page count I want at the beginning, so I can just kind of fit it in there. Right. Uh, so not really reworking, but definitely like instead of a three-tiered panel page, it would be like four just to fit everything in. Hmm. Can you talk about your kind of bigger elaborate drawings of like spaces yeah. and kind of your interest in that? Like that, is that what you did in Island? Like Ben's? Yeah, that thing was interesting because Ben did a huge, elaborate, um, really fun cityscape thing. And then I hit him up and told him, let's do another spread next to it. And it was a much simpler thing of just kind of like a giant building robot face. Yeah. I don't know. I When I started drawing this kind of stuff, I was really freaked out by backgrounds. Yeah. Because I had done like nothing but band t-shirts for 10 years. Um, so I did a couple little like sketchbook scenes of just background scenes and then after I figured out how to color I just started doing more of them and bigger. Um, I don't know. I really like that movie Playtime. It's like the French I forget the director's first name. It's like I don't know that one. Tati or something. Oh, Jacques Tati? Yeah, there you go. So and bi that's just like a big background scene for forget how long it is. It's got to be over two hours. Oh. But it's really fascinating to just sit and watch and like there's yeah. stuff going on over here and here. And you could watch like one of the corners of the screen the whole movie and it'd be a completely different one than like the other corner. Oh, nice. Yeah. That sounds cool. So I kind of wanted to get that kind of feeling. Well, um, cinema sounds like something that's put up anything as far as like entertainment that's really seeped into your head. Yeah. Compared to like comics. And... I would say so. Um, this page really stuck out to me when I was when I was reading it the first time. It was this kind of 
it's this thing where where the main guy does this kind of daredevil kick and then backflips, and you can lead the eye with with arrows. Yeah. Was there any? Uh, do you remember what you're thinking when you when you did this one? Um, I wanted to keep it all in one panel, and I also think I saw someone on Twitter talk about like arrows in comics hmm. suck. <laughs> so I was like, well. <laughs> I do so much reactionary work like that too, where it's like someone's just like, never do this. And you're like, I wonder if I can do that. Yeah. Which is always like, I love the conversation in comics being antagonistic and people always. Um, the rules of how to draw. Yeah, the yeah. rules are like, if you get used to, I guess part of it is just, it becomes personal to you. And if someone's like, uh, tells you what you can do with something that you've done your whole life, it becomes really weird. and because you're like you know your your hand and your pen better than they know it. Yeah. It's so, like someone's trying to develop rules of grammar for cartooning. Yeah. So it was a combination of those things. I just kind of Yeah, I'm really fascinated just kind of how looking at your work now kind of knowing more about your influences. It's it's like things that it almost feels like there's probably a word for it, arriving at the same conclusion with different from a different direction. Like yeah. so much of the stuff that I took as manga or European, I can see as much more just kind of you cobbling together things from, I don't know, British or newspaper strips. Like even these lines here, these, these kind of curly cue things, I think of those Tintin lines. Yeah. But now I'm like, did he even get it from Tintin? No. <laughs> I, I didn't even read Tintin until like two years ago. Nice. How was reading Tintin two years ago? It was great. I mean... People were always saying, like, oh, this is like a Tintin adventure comic. I, mm -hmm. like, I wouldn't know, but I'll take it. Did you like Tintin? Yeah. Because I can't even imagine. Because um, for me, a lot of the work like that is you you get into it, and you're like, what a fun story. And then you go back as an adult, and you look at it, and you're just like, what is going on here? Yeah. Yeah, I just was never exposed to a lot of comics as a kid. So coming across all this stuff now. How's your How's your family related to your work? Do they do they read the stuff you put up? Yeah, um, they. My dad was a science teacher, and my mom is an art teacher. So they always just it had us with sketchbooks in our hands. Okay, so you always had art around, just not comics. Yeah, with? definitely. What kind of What kind of stuff was your Was your mom big on? Um, I don't know. Just like creativity in general. Like we always had a lot of Legos and connects and stuff that makes too much sense looking at your your machinery yeah yeah especially when you're just constructing these weird yeah and buildings like, like sculpy clay so right. like if i draw a ship it's like looks like something that could be formed out of like a couple pieces of clay just like stuck together yeah oftentimes your your machines almost look like they're cobbled together from piece, different pieces from the same set yeah so that probably explains that i like that Something fun, like staying away from like restrictive expectations. And... Yeah. Have you have you messed with Legos like recently? Mm -hmm. Does it start to look like your drawings? Um, sort of. I haven't really like. I don't have a lot of spare time, but when I do sit down with Legos, it's like kind of just like stack them on top of each other. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a very meditative thing. Um. There's something weird about doing comics all day where everything starts to feel... I was talking to um, my friend James Stoko, who does... Uh, 
he, he really, like when he's not doing comics, he likes to paint um, like metal miniatures for Warhammer 40K. And he was like trying to talk, he was like, you need a hobby, you need to do something aside from comics. And I, my immediate thought when he was like, paint some Warhammer miniatures, I'm just like, I can't publish those. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it feels like art that you don't own. Yeah. Steve Wolfhard does the same thing too. It's probably fun. Yeah, I love it. Is Steve into Warhammer as well? I don't know. I just, I think he does the, the drawing the figures. I just, I'm already like hunched over a desk enough. I don't need to be right. under a magnifying glass too. Do you, um, do you have stuff that you do to take breaks to get away from it? Um, we have played drums and bands. Oh, nice. So, what kind? Usually just under the punk and hardcore umbrella. Do you feel like there's a, because you mentioned that in relation to Koyama, do you feel like there's like a crossover in, in just kind of the how, how you view music as art and comics as yeah, well? Yeah, definitely. And kind of setting up, like, um, is it kind of like an ethics thing? Yeah. Because, I don't know, like, in like the punk scene, like the ethics just got like drilled into my head. Mm-hmm. So now I can't get away from that. Like, That's good. Nate yeah, Powell. which is good, but sometimes, yeah, like on a money level, like you're kind of, you're not willing to do th- certain things to make like a ridiculous amount of money. Right. Do you, do you feel like you're fugazi-ing your, um, your, uh, your cover prices on your books? Not necessarily. Because I mean, $7 too much, Brandon. <laughs> no, I'm just saying like, this is like, like if you took Volcano Trash and published it through, I'm actually surprised that a Koyama book is, is this cheap even. Because yeah. um, like a $12, like if this was published through Image, it would be at least 15 Yeah. Issue one would be 10 But that's just to get you interested in the incentive yeah. of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I like accessibility. Has there anything, have you come across anything in comic books that you felt um, challenged your kind of morality? Or is it just kind of jobs that you don't even pursue? Jobs I don't even pursue, really. Because if I get a bad vibe from sometimes, it's like, it's not worth the money. Right. It's, it, I, I was mentioning Nate, or about to mention Nate Powell earlier, because it's, it's very similar. He comes from that punk rock ethics and stuff. And he's worked on projects where I think if anyone else worked on it among his contemporaries, it would have fallen flat because they don't have that kind of depth and analysis. Like I think that's one of the things that works really well with him drawing March. Um, yeah. Where if it was another like cartoonist, honestly, it wouldn't be as effective. You think it's just kind of Nate coming from kind of a depth of being... He's also, his work is very Southern. Yeah, he's from Arkansas. Um, that, but And he knows about civil rights and understands it, but also like he won't compromise those values on what he works on. Right. Which is very interesting and kind of a workman cartoonist as much as he is. Yeah. Because, I mean, um, I mean, Ben's stuff, it's like, do you, would you see yourself, you mentioned not wanting to draw right for other people, would you see yourself doing collaborative work ever? Yeah. I mean, I've done a little bit of collaborative work. I, it's not that I dislike it, but if I have the opportunity, I'd rather do my own stuff for less money. Right. <clears throat> um, just because... I can get more done. Oh, and so it's and kind it of a... Be, yeah. I don't know. It's unhealthy, but I feel like I'm on like a timeline with my life where it's like, well, I guess I just got to get as much done as possible before, you know. How old are you now? 28. 
Okay. So I got a lot of time. But... Yeah, yeah. I yeah. feel like 28 is kind of when, uh, like I hate putting timelines on when people's careers are going to start, but 28 is just like when I personally felt like 30 around, when I was like, I personally felt like, okay, time to time to actually have a comic career. Yeah. That was probably when I first met you. Yeah. A long time ago. A hundred years ago. Yeah. Um, but, um, okay. oh. So do you feel like it's kind of... Um, so you, you kind of mentioning your, your trajectory and what you see and kind of having a limited time. I mean, you you got maybe five years left until... <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. <clears throat> I've had a lot of glimpses of, like, mortality in the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I say time left, I mean, like, in my life and not my career. Right, right, of uh, course. Which is, like, unhealthy and unrealistic. But well, like, it doesn't feel like your work is very much tied to... Um, I'd be surprised if stopping being published stopped you from doing work. Oh, yeah. I mean, I still do, like, the self-published stuff. Yeah, yeah. And stuff. And, and you're not alone in that. Like, Seth, I've had the same conversation with him, where he's like, he picks his projects because he knows I've only got so many projects. Well, Seth is just, Seth's way of doing it. He's actually calculated how long he thinks he's going to live and how many pages he's going to do in that time, which is, like, it's a little, like, I like mortality it's as much as the next that. day. it's pretty it's pretty like um it's pretty intense in the like like how do you if like if you figured out like all right 17 more books until the (laughs) until mortality until sweet death takes me how do you watch a movie how do you like how do you find time to like just like google um trampolines or whatever you're just like oh well you know seth is not googling (laughs) trampolines seth is googling trampolines like nobody's business he's just googling like artisan 1800 trampolines (laughs) On his on his computer that is uh, on his steampunk computer. <laughs> Sorry, Seth. <laughs> I, I, uh, I I should make a side note that Seth had a very good sense of humor about about uh, this stuff when I when I met him. So it's not it's not intended. In, <laughs> it's not in intentional malicious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll wait for the mean email from his publisher. Mm-hmm. It's gonna it's actually gonna come through. Uh, through a uh, carrier pigeon, a, a, a cowboy, a, a, a guy in a giant, a bicycle with one big wheel and one little wheel. Is gonna a roll penny up. farthing bicycle. Yeah. Oh, thank you. you. A penny farthing bicycle is going to so come Ben, up. back to you. <laughs> uh, you're going to be going to Cake. Yeah. And that's in June. Yeah. Is it? Second weekend in June, I think. Which sounds like a fantastic show. Yeah, it's great. You've been... Mm-hmm. It went it, last year. I guess it's driving. Yeah, it's like space four two. and a half hours away. Oh, really? So. Oh, okay, that's not too bad. Do you drive? Yeah. I imagine growing up where you did, it's probably more necessary than. Oh yeah. What is it? What is it about about the about where you grew up that that makes you want to stay there as much as it seems like you do? Um, I don't know. I just like it. Like I get to travel around and see a bunch of different places. And mm-hmm. There are things I like about them, but. At the end of the day, it's like, I'd kind of just rather be at home. That's so same and reasonable. I feel like I've been desperately trying to get away from where I grew up <laughs> as much yeah. as I could. But like, I don't know, it's, it's in like one of the most red states in the United States. And, and that's something you enjoy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like a straight-edge vegetarian dude living right. in the South. So. Do, you, yeah. do you find kind of a comfort in knowing how you relate to the community around you? Um, not so much the, com- the community as it is, like, 
just the surroundings in general. Because mm. I don't really, I'm not like in the bar scene at all. Right. Just kind of like at home drawing or walking around. I'm always kind of amazed at how much comic books seems to overlap with the bar scene sometimes because I always have that reaction where I'm like, you can't draw, I can't draw drunk. Yeah. So I have a hard time wrapping my brain around it. Yeah. It's a, I mean, I definitely feel close to the music scene there. Mm-hmm. Um, less so now because I like draw all the time. Mm-hmm. But we have a really good park system. Um, it's by the same guy who did Central Park in New York City. Oh, nice. So I like it because of that. It's like... A lot of green space. Uh, it's very walkable. It's like I can draw for six hours or whatever and walk from my apartment to this huge park hmm. and not really see anybody. How long have you uh, How long have you been a vegetarian for? Probably like four years now. Okay. Do you feel like that's tied to the to the kind of punk aesthetic as well? Um, like I said, is it moral vegetarianism or kind of... I mean, health? you did mention Fugazi earlier. Yeah. I don't know. It's a... It's kind of like a long time coming for me. Um, what's that phrase? Cognitive dissonance or something? Mm-hmm. Where it's just like health reasons and ethics stuff. It's like you can't ignore those conflicting things. Is it difficult in the South? Kind of. Um, it's difficult everywhere. Yeah. Like people say it's a lot of vegetarian friendly stuff, but yeah. Seems like barbecue's making a comeback, so. Yeah, yeah. There's pork's in everything. Yeah. You can't buy toothpaste without pork in it. You'll you'll find a lot of stuff in Vancouver. Yeah, it's been good so far. It's uh there's so much different cuisine here. It's funny, like I go to a convention in another city and like people want to go to a Chinese restaurant, I'm like, I'm from Vancouver. Yeah. This is like the place where you come specifically for that. In TCAF I was like jumping on people being like, Don't try the sushi. Like, <laughs> are you crazy? <laughs> Like people from Vancouver, they're just used to doing that all the time. Yeah, no, it's not, it's not that hard because I just eat a lot of like rice and beans, and that kind of thing. Hmm. Well, I hope you enjoy your time here, Ben. Yeah, and it's thank been great you for so far coming up to see us here and uh, find some good food. I will in this pleasant bird. And just reminder, folks, Spencer's new book is Volcano Trash from Koyama Comics, as well as Night Air and a bunch of mini comics you'll have at Cake and Heroes Con. Yeah, and SPX. SPX. CXC again? CXC. Oh, nice. So just every convention, basically. Yeah, anyone I can get into. That's the nice thing about where you're located. You can still get to a lot of those shows, no problem. Yeah. So in Vancouver, we got Seattle. Yeah. Maybe Portland. Maybe. Don't don't discount you Comic-Con. Yeah, uh... We're not going to talk about that. Thank you, Ben. Thanks, Ben.
I don't care.